Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. This week, we're debuting a brand new three-part podcast series with Quentin Tarantino and Amy Nicholson called Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation. Here's a quick trailer with more info. If you go to Quentin Tarantino's new Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, you're going to hear that feature presentation song. And when the movie starts, you're going to step in to Quentin Tarantino's brain. If you own a movie, you own a print of a film, it feels like it's your movie. Consequently, it's like if people really like the movie and they go, wow, that movie was terrific. You know, my response was, oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> it was like I, I took credit for it because, well, it was my print. So, and, and, I, and I put the whole thing together to show it. So I, I actually felt like they were complimenting me. This is Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation, a new three-part podcast miniseries hosted by me, film critic Amy Nicholson of Unspooled and Halloween Unmasked. Before the release of his new film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin and I sat down to talk about five films that he's programmed at the New Beverly, and we wound up talking about his life, his work, and how this movie-crazy kid became a director who defined a generation. Waiting for the lights to go down, and no one knows what to expect. Is this going to be one of those special times? Is it not going to be one of those special times? Is it going to be a forgettable time? The first episode of Quentin Tarantino's feature presentation is out later this week. It is the closest thing to sharing a bucket of popcorn with the man himself, so subscribe now wherever you hear podcasts. Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network. This week on TheRinger.com, Tate... The Ringer is setting out to answer the most unanswerable question on planet Earth. What was the best song of 1999? This is a thing that's going on on TheRinger.com. Uh, Rob Harvilla wrote an article about LFO's song, Summer Girls. Mm. Uh, and I remember how, that song. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He like, I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, that might be my vote. That that song takes me back to 1999 in an instant. Um, but yeah, this is this is what's going on. Your thoughts on 1999 songs? Take. I think "Back That Ass Up" came out in 1999. Mm. So if that's mm. not number one on the list, but it was spelled A Z Z, so yes. it wasn't actually a cuss word. Yes. So if you're like, if you're in you know elementary school and you were singing along with it, and then the teachers got mad at you, you're like, I'm actually saying "as." I'm saying "Back That Ass Up." Mm. So. Uh, yeah, I can't be in trouble. This was LimeWire <laughs> period of time, right? This is when everyone's just downloading music, <laughs> yeah. having a great time. It's like you you finally heard the song that was not edited on the radio, and Dude, you're like, "Wow, this song is wild." Speaking of LimeWire, LimeWire fucked me up because I thought uh, when when Country Grammar came out, I thought Country Grammar was the name of the rapper and Nelly mm. was the name of the song um, <laughs> because of LimeWire because the labeling on LimeWire. Yes. That was like his first song, so I was like, "Dude, I, so I go to I oh go to school. shit, son, where'd you find this?" <laughs> I was going to school like, man, this country grammar guy, I like him. I like him a lot. You heard that song, Nelly? And like the kids were like, you're an idiot, dude. Yeah, we got a letter in the mail from uh, the government, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, the DMCA Copyright Act was just passed, and your children are going to go to jail. <laughs> but we survived. Um, we we uh, also brought to you by One Shining Podcast, this show. Uh, so we we teased it a couple weeks ago. We are going to do rewatchable shows. So here's, here's the schedule. We, we can officially announce this first one. Uh, we are going to do our first episode of a rewatchable game two weeks from today, assuming you're listening to this on Tuesday when, when we are recording it. Uh, it will be August 13th. We're going to release that show, um, mostly because I'm just going to be on vacation. I'm I'm not going to be here to record a show, so we're going to release this. We're going to tape this ahead of time. Uh, what game do we decide on? Are we doing the IU Duke game first? 
Or what? Do you want to do Arizona, Illinois first? I don't know. I, I think let's, let's. Well, we have to say it right now. We well, have to make a decision well, so the people the, know. Let's put the polls out of the people and let's say the first game that we do, right? Let's do. Let's do Arizona, Illinois. I feel like that's okay, a, that's, let's throw, let's throw a bone to Illinois because okay. we want Illinois basketball right. to come back. So here All we right, go. So there it is. Two weeks from uh, on, on August 13th when we release the podcast, it will be a, a just a complete breakdown of the, the 2005 Arizona versus Illinois Elite Eight game. It is on YouTube. You have two mm-hmm. weeks to watch it if you want to listen to that podcast. If, if you don't want to watch it, that's cool too. We, we've, we have found that most people that listen to this show don't actually watch college basketball. You have to so. watch Luther Head. It's yeah. worth it. Just to yeah. go back and see Darren Williams, Luther Head, that whole Illinois team, it's so fun. The, the most shocking thing, if you go back Channing and watch Channing Fry, it, doing great I already things. know the most shocking thing is going to be like DePaul's logo just all over the court. Like that's, it, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, 2005, and then you watch these clips and they don't have the NCAA logo. Like everything's nice and clean now and all the courts look the same. But like just as recently as 2005, you just have like a big-ass DePaul Blue Demons logo on the middle I do of think court. Arizona fans are going to get really mad at us because that game is so No, no, because what I'm going to do is strange. I'm just, just going to guess up Celine they were up. So much, and then it just yeah. slowly. Lute Olson gets a little tighter. It's it's like yeah. the, the well. Like, don't do the podcast yeah, before okay. we do the podcast. Yeah, we'll wait, come, we'll on. Wait, yeah, we'll come on, yeah, come on. Uh, but yeah, so look forward to that. We are going to be doing that. Um, and and that's that. So today on the program, we are going to spend the next three. How long we got the studio? Three hours, four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about LeBron James. Uh, he went to his son's AAU basketball game and he dunked a couple times and he flexed his muscles and may or may not have grabbed his balls. I don't remember. Yeah, the, the video. definitely did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he has... And people are upset. People are upset. And some people <laughs> are really about... Like, it, it's basically split the LeBron fans. Yeah. I mean, that, it's division within the empire. So, so, a lot to talk about. We are going to take the next three or four hours and break this down as two guys that don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to talk about what makes a good father and, <laughs> and how you should behave as a father. Um, no, in all seriousness, we'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, we, we have to talk about these academies. I'm obsessed with these Condoleezza Rice academies that are going on, that are actually over now. Um, but the NCAA started those. Uh, th- th- there, there are a few news and notes to get to. We will do our best to, t- to touch on everything relevant. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical They're foul. The Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. It is Tuesday. Uh, Kyle. Was not here last week, Tate. Our, our our producer, our esteemed producer, Kyle Crichton, was not in studio. We are proud to say that this week he still not in studio, Tate. What's yeah. going on? Are we worried? Should the people be worried? Yes, definitely. And you're probably worried because you're like, did Kyle make it back from Poughkeepsie? Mm-hmm. Is he going to stay there? Is he just going to be an upstate New York legend that he is? That's what we would hope. But... Instead, I saw Kyle tweeted out a picture of him and two strangers. I assume were his friends. Mm-hmm. They were just wearing like uh, Levi's jeans. They probably bought it. You know, their one of their moms probably had a coupon for like buy one get two pairs free at Kohl's or something. Um, and they all had their their jeans, and they were just standing in the street. And Kyle, I forget what he said on Twitter, but it, it, he was like trying to flex on everybody. So glad like, to be back at Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> I think that's what the I can't remember. Something like that. And I was like, man, Kyle is back with his people, man. He, he's he's very, very happy. Uh, so, yeah, he has not joined us. Who, who do we even have? We have Evan was supposed to produce, but I think Isaiah's with us now? Yes. Isaiah, are you there? Is, is this true? Yes, I am here. What's I, up? What's Isaiah, up? Uh, tell the people who you are, and, and, and you, got, you have 30 seconds. Good. You have the floor. Where uh, are you from? How old are you? Uh, so, I'm from Boston. I'm going to be a senior at St. Bonaventure University. Oh, hey. nice. I'm an intern for a couple more weeks here. Nice. 
so pressure's on. So that's yeah. it. So <laughs> this is it. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> don't this is the test. screw this up, Isaiah. Yeah, well, this is my big test. Well, there you go. Isaiah has been introduced to One Shining Podcast World. You are a... Yeah, does that count as a guest appearance? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially the program. Yeah, yeah. Put, puts Kyle down a little bit. Well, there nice. we go. Uh, Isaiah, um, that's that. Do you want to talk about LeBron? You've been like foaming at the mouth all morning, ready to, to get it on. <laughs> get well, on you know, I was also in New York this weekend, and, uh, you know, I was kind of like tapped out of what was going on. I was able to go to a nice little restaurant, Resdora. Shout out Resdora NYC. It's a great little Italian spot. Like, so mm-hmm. my head is in the sand. And uh, by that, I mean, I'm not sleeping. I'm in New York. The city mm-hmm. never sleeps, going mm-hmm. out, having a great time. But one thing did catch my attention over the weekend, and that was the uproar over LeBron James and his antics uh, at AAU basketball events. Him getting in the layup lines, he has turned them into dunk lines, and it was all over the place. It was everywhere on Twitter. People were either very upset about this for taking the spotlight, and this is in quotations, obviously this is not film, taking the spotlight away from the kids. Okay, I can see that. Uh, the big video that came out was him running on the court after an alley-oop and losing like his shoe. shoe. falls yeah. off, yeah. And then coming back on the court after putting on his shoe to then celebrate again. <laughs> it was a double celebration, which I love that. I always go for the double tap. Um, and for me, I just enjoy when people get upset over <laughs> trivial things. So this seems very trivial. For me, I enjoy when people get upset. So, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about why people oh, yeah. are upset. Let's talk about AAU basketball culture. And then that can lead Please. into some of these camps because that is trying to, you know, demean and yeah. uh, almost get Condoleezza rid of— Condoleezza Rice is trying to end <laughs> yes. AAU basketball Between culture. LeBron and Condoleezza, AAU basketball this will was, die. This was a clash of cultures, yes. yes. LeBron was very much like, I love AAU culture. This is fantastic. I love this scene. Condoleezza Rice said— down with AU culture. We're going to form these academies. Mm-hmm. These are the only places, if you're under the age of 18, you can only play basketball at these academies or you will never play college basketball ever. And these are the rules. And too bad they never looked at the schedule. So yeah. junior, right. like the USA basketball also had an event this weekend. So a lot of top 100 guys were there. Right. Basically, none of the top 100 guys went we'll, to the camps. We'll get into we'll all get that. that. Okay. But first, let's talk about LeBron James. So uh, a lot of people are upset. Uh, Jason Whitlock, one of the people, is very upset about this. Uh, <laughs> sorry. My my, sorry. <laughs> yeah, my My favorite thing, can I just preface it like this? My favorite thing in sports media is when people start by basically giving all the conditions as to why they have this opinion that is now going to come. It's you know it's like when will the beat trap? When will the it's yeah. like when will the take come? When will the take come? Yeah. It's going to come. But first you have to preface it. I love LeBron James. Now look, look, and, look, and, look, and, look, I, and look, I have been a LeBron James look, defender. You look, know me. You know this. Check the tape. Check the tape. Go back. Check look, the tape. Look quite frankly, 06. <laughs> I'm on the show talking about how much I love LeBron. So that's what it it all starts out like that. And then from there, people just take him down. They, you know, they say the kids should be upset, that Bronny Jr. doesn't want him in the layup line. Uh, there was also some people that were, you know, the, the deep internet was saying that they scrubbed some of the video where he missed some dunks. Have well, you Jordan, seen this? Jordan Crawford dunked on him and oh, 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 no, oh, no, okay, okay, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're getting into that. So this is like this, the, the third or fourth iteration of that. Uh, so all this stuff is coming. Jordan out. Crawford should, by the way, just tweet right now. He should be like, I was in that layup line too. Why aren't you showing the videos of me? Crying <laughs> like he emoji. Should, he should be a truther and be like, I was, yeah, do and do the crying. Yeah, the eyes right points down yeah. to LeBron missing yeah. dunk. Yeah, that'd be yeah. good. So all that setting up for this big moment in sports media, is LeBron James a good father? <laughs> and what does a good AAU father look like? That's where we're at. That, that's what we're talking about right now. And that is how you know that, one, we're in the offseason, and two, boy, do people have a lot of free time. Well, th- this is why I'm upset. The, the thing that upset me the most is that this is a quintessential OSP story for us to talk about, for yes. us to be, like, the only people that care about this because it's at an AAU event, um, and it's just absurd. It doesn't actually matter. So everything about it is like a perfect story for us to talk about, but because we're in the dead part of the sports calendar, 
the whole world is talking about it. And mm-hmm. I'm very upset about that because by the time it came around for us to do, now do this podcast, everyone's chimed in already. And I'm very upset about that. That's that's the most frustrating part for me. Jason Whitlock said that fame was a drug worse than <laughs> cocaine. In describing LeBron James in a layup line at an AAU tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so just sit on that, savor that. You also never forget when Whitlock, when uh, LeBron went to LA for what he announced that he's going to the Lakers. Whitlock said that uh, he thinks part of the play is that LeBron wants to run for president, which I probably shouldn't even laugh at because, like, you know, maybe he will. So, but that was like that was on Whitlock's mind. I was like, I think what's going on here is LeBron might want one day run for president. <laughs> Which would be great. Sure. Let, yeah. Let's let it happen. It'd be like, you know, idiocracy has already happened. You know, that mm-hmm. it came out in 2004. We're in 2019. It's all it's all coming to fruition at this point. The big thing that now is coming out is the side stories behind LeBron James uh, with, with his, the way that he, you know, handles himself on a basketball court and all this sort of stuff. So we all remember 2008, the Celtics, who ended up winning the championship, they play the Cavaliers. And in, uh, I believe it was game three, LeBron James gets tackled by Paul Pierce on mm-hmm. a fast break. Just, you know, no easy buckets. You're not going to get a layup. It's old Big East. Yeah. yeah. And Paul Pierce is like, I'm going to tackle you into the crowd. Tackles LeBron into the crowd. And guess who was in the crowd? Gloria James, LeBron's mother. And she's not having it. And mm-hmm. she's in the face. She's like, you better take that, Paul. I'm not playing. Da, 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 da. LeBron James tells her to sit her ass down. Mm-hmm. And so now that is used... <laughs> As the, it's so many layers to this whole LeBron yeah. story. Like how this poor man, he can't just have fun for a second because we got to have so many different conversations about this. So he told he told his mom to sit down. Now everyone is saying LeBron, his 2008 self, should tell his 2019 self to sit down. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. I know Will Smith just made a new movie, uh, Gemini Man or whatever the hell it's called, uh, about his old self, younger. So maybe we have that type of situation play out with him. But regardless, LeBron James is against parents getting involved on the basketball court. Or at um, least the old unless, LeBron James. Yeah, but then the but, but then the fame came into play. You know, cocaine. Big, he's addicted. <laughs> he's addicted. <laughs> he's addicted to AAU he's like, I gotta basketball. Do a bump of, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I got to get down there with Bronny. Uh, throw down some dunks. So now we're just in this weird, funny world where we don't know what to do with LeBron James. Do we let him celebrate? Is he going to temper it down? I'm, Jason Tatum. All these other players are quote tweeting it mm-hmm. like, "I wish that I could have had someone like this celebrate with me. I wish the greatest player in the world would tell me I'm great." And so now, now we're back at it. It's the media. This is definitely the, the funniest. World. This is definitely the funniest part to me are the people that say uh, he's he's a good father because he's doing. I don't think it makes him a good father or a bad father. I just think it makes him LeBron James. You know, like I don't like. Yes, it has nothing. Like no one's saying that he's he's you know that that he's not supporting his. Like people are people are trying to argue. You know, like the Jason Tatum thing. I would love to have my you know to have a father here doing that kind of stuff. All that kind, whatever it is. No one is saying that LeBron doesn't love his son by doing this. By you know, that's that was never the Jason question. Whitlock. Except for like, Whitlock, <laughs> except, I don't understand what's happening to this conversation. It's hilarious. I am a little surprised though at, at your stance, Tate. I thought you were going to be coming in guns a blazing against uh, LeBron. I'm not at all because at the end of the day, I think that it would be more in line with what I've expected from LeBron for him to sit there and just kind of twiddle his thumbs yeah. and not be involved. So for him to be so excited, wanted, it is nice. To, it's good for basketball to see that LeBron yeah. James. Quote unquote. And now there's the other part to this. Everyone's like, well, he knows the cameras are on. Mm-hmm. He's been mic'd up before at these games. He knows what he's doing. This is ball is life. This is a planned social media approach <laughs> from LeBron. And to that, I say, probably. Of course it is. I mean, yeah. yeah. Of, course. of course. Like, why not? Like, I mean, and, and if you're Bronny and you're the rest of the kids, guess what? I'm on ball is life, son. Go right. check it out. Right. I'm 15. I'm everywhere. Um, 
I, I, I never had a problem. Like when I saw it, I didn't really get the issue. My dad did the exact same stuff. Yes, that's right. Yeah, like, I remember uh, that. Yeah, my dad was going between the legs and, and layup lines, all that kind of, it's, it's just, I think I remember people, Mike Conley Sr. used to do the 40-yard dash before yeah. so everyone could watch him. Yeah, it was, Mike Conley, <laughs> he was doing the, the he was doing his dunk from the free throw line and doing the chin-ups like he did in the uh, Foot Locker celebrity um, <laughs> dunk contest back in the 90s. Uh, anyway, yeah, th- th- it's, a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous story. It's, um, but I-, I think, like, everybody's right. It's one of those things where, like, everybody's wrong for caring this yes. much, but everybody's right for their point of view, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, like, I think if you think that LeBron is uh, an attention whore who is taking the spotlight away from his son and his son's teammates, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what's going on here. But if you're also someone who's like, he's a great father, though, is I would love if my father cared this much, you're probably right too. I think everybody's right. I think where we where we're wrong is that we give even a a, a, a squirt of piss about this because <laughs> who cares? Well, it was supposed to be. It was supposed again. It was supposed to be just you and I making jokes about it, and then it turned into like this big uh, this big story. Well, I have a full stream for separate <laughs> separate of LeBron, and that is for Matt Barnes, who also had an AAU moment this weekend where he was coaching. I believe it was his son's team, and he got kicked out of the game by the officials for being too wild or too involved or whatever oh, really? it was. Yeah, so there's video of Dude. Matt Barnes standing at the door, like doing the classic, like trying to intimidate the refs even though he already got kicked out. He's just standing with his head popped in, watching his kids play. And to that, I say, that's who I want to be. My Like, Matt Barnes yeah. is the dad. You know, he's the coach. He's obviously riding for the kids. He's been thrown out, but he's still not afraid to intimidate the rest for the good of the kids. Right. And that's what we need. LeBron, uh, LeBron's just having fun. Matt Barnes is threatening refs so his kids will win. I think uh, LeBron can that's do That's AAU basketball. LeBron can do what he wants, but I, I would prefer my LeBron father <laughs> to be— <laughs> For me. Uh, I want him to be— This I, segment is called I, If uh, LeBron Was Our Dad. Yeah, <laughs> here's how I feel. <laughs> Let me— <laughs> If I was Bronny James— um, I, I, I wanted LeBron when, when like, uh, I think I want him to be more like Chris Paul, though, because I think Chris Paul has it down. Uh, Chris Paul has become the the celebrity basketball, like, like the, the basketball star who then is also coaching. That is the model that I think all of America wants from these guys. If you're going to these AAU events, we want you just like tapping players on the shoulder and you're coaching them up. And like the guy, the guy that you're talking to is on the other team, but you're just like so into coaching and pointing and showing things that that no one is... Um, no, no, you know, like everyone just gets excited that, that, that that's what Chris Paul does. That's what I, I think I want out of LeBron. That's what I would have preferred is like LeBron, because they, they put out these stories that like he's helping coach mm-hmm. and he's really involved in the team. And I thought that when we would see videos of this, he would actually be on the bench and he'd be like calling huddles and drawing up plays and stuff like that. Um, I think he does that. He wins everybody over. So I think that's his next move. I think that's how he, he wins it over is like the next tournament. You're going to see him with the, the dry race board. And then conversations are going to start and be like, why is he, does he not respect the coach on the team? He just busts the coach out of the team. So you're saying uh, you're expecting a ball is life video exclusive of LeBron James sitting down with Bronny Jr. going, so this is how a pick and roll works. I, I, LeBron, so gonna LeBron's going to come out of the crowd. Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. He's going to call timeout for yes. the team. <laughs> yes, yes. The refs are going to honor it because it's LeBron. They're like, of I course. guess we got to honor this. And then he's going to push the coach away because this is what he does. This mm-hmm. is LeBron's MO mm-hmm. at the NBA. You level. don't need a coach. You, I don't That's what he's telling all the I'm kids. The coach. I'm the coach. <laughs> You're the coach. Yes. You're the coach. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to propose a trade to the other team <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the game. Mike, come here. Come here. All, all right, we just <laughs> traded you. We just need more shooters. These two, Tyler and Jack, y'all are coming over here. And that's it. And that's how it's going to be. And that's that. So that's, um, that's what we want. But I do think people are upset because uh, I, I saw a lot of this, that if, if my dad did this, if any other dad did this, they would be kicked out immediately. And that's true. And I think the problem becomes uh, there is the double standard of like, 
that people people play the card of like it would be so cool if any dad cared this much and you're like yeah it would be but then if any dad cared this much they would be kicked out of the gym and then you know like that's the that's the confusion because then people are like well he's lebron he can do what he wants and i think that's what makes people upset is that Basically, people are just jealous. They're like, I wish I could go to my kid's game and just act a fool and run onto the court and, yeah, I mean, the and play, chest bump them. The play I can't if, do that. If you're a so regular, this guy shouldn't be able to. If you're a regular dad and you and your, your your son are very close with each other and you guys have a nice little rapport, you got to go to your son and say, I'm going to get in layup lines with you guys next game. Yeah. Like, for sure. Just right. like normal, average dad, like, left-hand layup, finger roll. Like, I, wish, I mean, just do it. The, See what happens. South, See how upset people a are. A South Park episode becomes the, the dads start yeah. playing each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the bad dad. It is the, it is the bad dad, except instead of fighting, they're playing each other. Like, the, whoever the, whoever Brownie's team's playing, a dad is in that layup line trying to dunk. And We need Jordan lining. Crawford's son yeah. to play <laughs> <laughs> in this AAU league, and then LeBron, Jordan, Crawford. And the game gets ready to tip off, and LeBron's out there on the court, getting ready to play, and then it just eventually morphs into this thing where all the kids just sit on the sides, and now they're cheering on their dads as their dads are playing, and then they put them in NBA arenas, and then holy shit, I just created the NBA. Boom, <laughs> there it is. And we're good. And also, <laughs> we should point out LeBron was in the actual play itself. Like when he was celebrating on the court, like had the other team not called timeout and and play actually yeah. stopped. He would have been in the way of a fast break for the of other course. team. But luckily, the other coach is like, oh, LeBron's on the court. Oh, timeout. Timeout. Right, right, right. Celebrate LeBron. Like, everyone wants him to celebrate. I will say this, man. As someone who uh, was very involved with the AAU culture, I don't know if you're aware, Tate. I, mm. I played AAU basketball yes. on a very good team. Um, I remember Bill Titus yeah. doing the 360 <laughs> in the layup line. Yeah. Uh, AAU culture, and what I mean by that is the scene at these AAU games has has changed dramatically from when— Maybe not that dramatic. There were always guys like acting a fool. Like if if Mike Conley would cross someone over, there'd always be like guys in the crowd like falling back. Oh, and, of like, course, the like, best. But it wasn't. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like you're at Rucker Park and like it wasn't like the An One mixtape tour. Where, like you're watching An One. The An One mixtape tour fucked me up. We're talking about the 1999 songs. We should do like a thing on the the An One mixtape tour. When I was growing up, because like you're, you're watching this stuff, guys would cross guys over and and break their ankles. Mm-hmm. And then people would just rush on the court. And I remember watching it like, the play's still going on. What do we do? Like, mm-hmm. he has to make the shot. But no one cared about the shot. And I felt like I was crazy because I would go to the— I went to the one the one time in Indianapolis, and I was like the one guy in the arena like, it's not a dead ball. You can't run <laughs> on the court. <laughs> um, <laughs> Meanwhile, the, depress- yeah. the professor's like still dribbling. So yeah. AAU, AAU basketball, like there were always people going nuts. There were always people like wanting mm-hmm. to see the flash and, and all that stuff. But— uh, I don't remember guys just running on the court like that. So, but but this seems to be acceptable because if you watch like these mixtapes around, all this is how I I follow recruiting as I watch the mixtapes of these guys, and this seems to be a thing where just like like guys like you cross someone over and even the benches will like fall onto each other and fall onto the court and just start rolling around and doing snow angels on the court. And you're like, it's pretty fucking awesome, actually. Yeah, I mean, I told I like you, it. I went to the John Wall Holiday Invitational. The guy that everyone was calling Jalen Luke, Baby Westbrook. Yeah. First play of the game, he comes down, throws down a monstrous dunk. Everyone loses their mind. I did not see him the rest of the game. <laughs> he left. It, he was, like, it was literally like he did that dunk. He flexed on everybody. He got his video, and then he put on his sweats, and he walked out with his family. He put on a gold chain. Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, that kid's going to the NBA. <laughs> he grabbed the two money guns and just started <laughs> yeah. shooting them. In the John Wall dapped him up, and he headed out. His team, like Brewster, still had to play. And honestly, like I get it. If this is if this is all that basketball becomes, that's a problem. Like we don't want the whole sport of basketball to be this. But I do think you need a channel where this is this is acceptable. This is like we need an alternative angle, like a place where people can show out. And I think if that's what AU becomes, 
Uh, it has my full support. I don't want all of basketball to do this. I don't mm-hmm. want to be watching Virginia, Wisconsin, and and Micah Potter this year as a dunk, and then he's putting on shades and like flexing, and like that's too much. We don't we don't need that from Micah Potter. But we do need an outlet for for guys if they want to show out. Um, and if that's what AAU is, I'm all for it, man. I just would love the idea of the NBA meeting with LeBron James about celebrations in the NBA, like giving like a 15 second like intermission to celebrate, like yeah. in certain certain situations. You know what I mean? Maybe we get to that point. You should get once or or once a half, maybe just once a game, mm-hmm. where uh, a delay a game is okay if you're celebrating. Like you you have to pick it if it's a if it's a really nasty dunk, the whole bench can run off the court and just start running around. Yeah, and if it's Alex Grab Caruso, t-shirt cannons yeah. and start fucking if, shooting t-shirts. If it's Caruso, he has a full minute. It's like yeah. let Caruso do whatever he wants. He deserves it. Every single game, every team, the team, you should get one opportunity to do that. Who says no? <laughs> Adam Silver. My final LeBron thought before we get out of here. Uh, he did. He keeps saying to all the kids that he's talking to, like, "You're going to be great. I want to be in the league when you're in the league." These kids are like 15 years mm-hmm. old. I mean. Basically, they have to get there within three years. So it's a lot of pressure. So from that vantage yeah. point, it's a lot of pressure. The greatest player in the world is like, you. I'll see you in the NBA. I do have years. this criticism as well. If if LeBron truly cared about these kids and respected them, mm. why is it when he talks to them, he does not cover his mouth? I did notice that. We pointed this out. Every time he respects somebody, he walks up to him, puts the jersey over the mouth, and starts mumbling. Well, that's because he's I not think, saying anything. I don't think he respects these kids enough. That's mm. That's a problem. So... I don't know. Something to think about. More more defense for LeBron. So coming out, Kuzma calling out Whitlock right now on Twitter I'm looking at. Uh, so that's good. Le'Veon Bell now going after everyone about this. So, I mean, a lot of people are upset, and they're in LeBron's camp and LeBron's corner. And, then, again, it's coming down to the players versus the media versus the real people versus the fans versus ball is life. Versus, like, the people who live in the real world who have no idea that this is even, like, you know, like, my grandpa is living in Indiana right now, just, like, living his life, and he's like, what? what? Yeah, well, most people are like, how old is LeBron's kid? <laughs> LeBron how old is, a kid? is LeBron? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, honestly, what upset me more than any of this, uh, the thing we should have been talking about with the James family is Bronny tweeting out a Photoshop in a Duke jersey. That oh, was yes. That was more... Shocking and uh, needed more explanation. We should, we as a country, should be talking about that more than anything else. That Bronny just puts out a picture with no commentary. That was it. I don't know. And also, it's Taco Tuesday, so you know oh, he's yeah, probably gonna be wearing a Duke sweatshirt tonight in the video. It'll be a whole thing. And I mean, that's it, it. Was good to see like the Duke acolytes, like they're all just like lining up together to say, "I defend LeBron James," because again, he's a Duke. This guy. is this is what LeBron's media empire was when he when he wanted to move to LA to start a media empire. It was. Photoshops of his son in Duke jerseys, uh, ball is life videos where mm-hmm. he's losing his shoe, and Taco Tuesday Instagram <laughs> posts. That's the big three, folks. A, yeah, a empire. It's almost better than D Wade and Bosch. Um, let's talk about the flip side to the uh, to the AAU culture, which is Condoleezza Rice's plan <laughs> to end all of that. The the no fun, the everything must be regulated. We we must have uh, every every player in this country must first participate in these academies if they want to play college basketball uh for those who are not aware which was me as of like two days ago um these academies started out of the the Condoleezza Rice thing we all remember that that the 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 Rice Commission the FBI says Mm -hmm. you better clean this shit up we're gonna put Condoleezza Rice in charge Condoleezza Rice is like Condolingus Rice (laughs) she she takes a look at everything and she's like I don't like it I don't like any of it Mm -hmm. and we're gonna fix all of it and uh the big one of the big fixes is to help regulate recruiting to have all the best players in the country meet at these four regional camps. These academies is what they're called. They all get to play each other. It's just this big event. All the coaches should come to this, watch these kids, 
And then now you don't have to recruit anymore. And it's great for the coaches because they don't have to fly all over the country and go to Peach Jam and go to Vegas and wherever else they're playing the tournaments these days. Um, they don't have to do that. They can just come to the thing. They can see the prospects. You can do it right there out in the open. Everything's fine. No more cheating. Everything's great. Except what, Tate? They have all the other events around the same time. <laughs> so all the coaches are going to those events. Nobody to, went to any of these academies. Nobody went. And also, it was funny because the whole point was there's too much money coming from these outside resources. We need to we need to cut it out. And then they say, you know what? We're going to put $10 million into these academies. What? <laughs> Wait, what? So obviously now you guys have just taken that model and why said, you, why, why aren't we just the, the brand? Why don't right. we just, why don't we exactly. just do this? Uh, and then they were going to bring in these coaches, former players. Everyone's going to you know teach these guys how to become NCAA athletes. That just doesn't seem like it's sold in a room. You know, like if you did mm-hmm. like a television audience, and they're like, what'd you like about this? Well, probably not the NCAA basically saying, why don't we just do all this and make the yeah. money on it? So that, that probably played a role. Now uh, a lot of people are pointing to guys that are getting, you know, I, I, I don't want to say steered, but let's say steered. Guys that are getting steered certain schools, mm-hmm. they're not going to go to these camps because they're like, why would I put my talent in a position to get convinced that he doesn't <laughs> need the bag? <laughs> they show up at the they show up at the academy and they get handed like a little bag and it's they, they open it up thinking there's money and it's like a little drawstring bag and it opens up and it's like a fucking sticker with the NCAA logo on it. And it's like a... It's like a lanyard. It's a mouse pad. It's a mouse pad. <laughs> and a like, visor. Yeah, people are like, You're like, using, what the hell? Yeah, we're, we're, this mouse pad's from 95. Uh, yeah, so that that whole thing was just like a weird way to do this. There was all this the stuff with Peach Jam that they weren't going to be. It was like 25 years of Peach Jam. There was some questions as to if it was going to be NCAA sanctioned or whatever it may be. They figured all that out. That happened a, a few weeks back in Augusta, Georgia. That obviously meant a lot more than these academies. And then we had the coaches, and then we had the coverage while yeah. at these academies, which at Grand Canyon, our favorite, one of our favorite schools, Dan Marley was having his camp there. Steve Lavin was running the West Coast operation. He was the commissioner. He was the, call it. the yeah. commissioner. The commissioner of the West. Yes. Our so, friend of the program, Tim Miles, was the commissioner down in Houston. He was the commissioner. Commissioner Miles. Yeah. All the video, I mean, Andy Katz is there. We got Jeff Goodman there. All the all the elites of college basketball media. It looks empty inside. They were putting these guys into teams. And then we were getting reports that there aren't that many D1 guys at these camps. <laughs> and there weren't, a problem. And there weren't that many. They're cleaning you know, up NAIA recruiting. And all the coaches doing. are coaches that are, you know, not necessarily coaches right now or yeah. active coaches right now. So the the selling point, like Steve Lavin was my favorite. He, I mean, he he said it without saying it. He basically was like, we have to have some additional incentives to get these guys to come, which to us is the back. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get guys to go. I mean, it's like, oh, it's an Adidas yes. event. That's that's where I want to get new Adidas shoes, so I'm going to go there. NCAA does not have uh, a shoe company or anything like that. So, again, they're giving out mouse pads and giving out some, you know, Dan Marley's thoughts on whether you can play D1 basketball. Dan Marley says probably not. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of confidence, you know, issues from players that went to the camps or the academies. A lot of issues with why would we go to these academies. A lot of issues with how much basketball does Condoleezza Rice know, and 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 is Condoleezza. Are you, are you doing that take? Are you doing no, the, uh, I'm, I'm did just, Condoleezza Rice play? <laughs> did she play the game? No, I'm, my my whole stance is Condoleezza Rice. Let's give her a break. I mean, yeah. you know, we got her in Augusta, and everyone's like, now we need Condoleezza Rice making decisions for Augusta National. She's like, whoa, I just want to be a member so I can play or go right. to lunch whenever I want to. Now she's doing all this with the NCAA. She just got she did the she blew up the BCS right? Didn't she? she yeah, she was doing something with the uh, she's strange. The like yeah. she she stretched too thin. She can't solve every problem in, yes. in sports. We can't blame and put all this in her. I mean, like, it's not fair to kind of lose it. That's the whole point. And mm-hmm. now we got the whole, 
you know, backlash. Jeff Goodman was tweeting all this. That this coaches is, were this telling him exposure. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- telling him things like, we would hear from the commissioners, the coaches, and they mm-hmm. would say, this is a great camp. I love these kids. I'm having a great time teaching them. But then we would get reports. Some coaches at the Can academies. I read some tweets? Yes, please read the tweets. Because this was how I found out about this thing. I, I remember when the news, when the Condoleezza Rice uh, 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 suggestions came out and the academies were listed. But then, like everyone else, I just kind of pushed it off to the side. I was like, who cares? I'll worry about that later. Mm-hmm. So this the, these actual academies snuck up on me and I, I didn't realize they were starting until I saw Goodman tweeting about them. And my God, what, what a, he, he says, I'll be headed to UConn tomorrow to see for myself, but getting bombarded with texts from coaches saying how crappy these regional camps are. Many high major staffs not even bothering to go out until this weekend at Colorado Springs. The talent is weak. Not many coaches. The games are subpar. And then he goes on and on, dude, from there. That, that starts out this tweet storm from Goodman. This was, I think, last Tuesday, a week ago. He says, here's a, here's a text that he got from a coach. This is not trustworthy. There's no team defense. Nothing to play for here. Just lazy pickup. If you can get by your guy, it's an unchallenged layup. Scores in the hundreds. A lot of guys I know can't play D1, scoring a lot of points here. Then the D1 stuff is embarrassing. Another mid-major coach texted him, nice idea, this stuff could be in June, not now, no one goes. Even for the mid-majors, it's very weak, but at least it's free. <laughs> um, at least it's free is like how, you you know, like yeah. if you have a shitty meal, you're like, at least the bread was yeah. free, I guess. I mean, I love those breadsticks. Uh, a coach currently at UConn, which... Uh, Good job, Goodman, not outing your source on this one. Uh, there just aren't any dudes here. So guys who aren't dudes look like dudes. Going to be more transfers because this is a bad eval. So it's, yeah, bad evaluation, bad to, it's hard to, but I, I like that quote because there's just not a lot of dudes there. We need more dudes. Um, coaches are going to fall into the trap of the quote, shitty event syndrome. They just have to justify their attendance at one of these camps and will talk themselves in recruiting a shitty player because it's a shitty event. That was another text from a coach. They go on and on. <laughs> Here's another text. Yeah, stop shitting on the NCAA camps. There are some high quality D1 NAIA players here in Phoenix was what a coach said. And then last but not least, uh, a coach from the Houston Regional. All, all this is on Goodman's Twitter. He's just going on and on. Don't blame the kids that are here. They're playing hard. The camp is well run. Games are on time. Refs have been good. The stations were good. The problem is that a lot of kids didn't come and were told by the people around them not to go. So that coach steps up. A coach from the Houston Regional. Once again, Tim Miles was the commissioner of the Houston Regional. <laughs> I'm trying to connect some dots here. And, and good again. guy Tim Miles steps up and says, Jeff, the stations were well run. How dare you? Yeah, come on, Jeff. Uh, and also, we got to point out, I mean, Las Vegas big-time tournament. That's where Bronny Jr. was and LeBron. They were at that. Uh, also, five-star guard Josh Christopher was there. We got the USA Basketball Junior Team Camp, which is in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. There were a ton of coaches there. So this is all happening the same time. Same so time. the whole point of the Rice Commission was, we're going to form this commission. We're going to talk to USA Basketball. We're going to talk to the NBA. We're going to talk to all these different groups. And then we're going to plan this out. So my question is, did they not talk to each other? Did, Did they, they not no. see the schedule? Did they not put this together? It was together? supposed to be a unifying front, and all it was, it just created another alternative for people to go to. It was like basically, what was Jay-Z's music thing, Title, yes. Where Jay-Z was like, I'm going to yes. solve all the music streaming. Mm-hmm. Just come to Title," And then everyone's like, great. Now another service that I have to deal with. Cool. Thank you, Jay-Z. <laughs> you did not solve anything. And also, if you sign up for Title, you get <laughs> yes. two new Samsung phones. And a mouse pad. And a, and a drawstring pack. And a T-Bone um, hotspot. So, uh... Jeff Goodman's going on this Twitter storm, uh, you know, and to, to Goodman, to, to defend Goodman or whatever, like, he's just basically relaying information from the coaches. It's not like Goodman's ripping on this thing necessarily. <laughs> so Frank Martin chimes in, head coach of South Carolina. Yes. Uh, fiery guy. Love we Frank. all know Frank Martin. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jeff, to all those coaches texting you, tell them that going to these events is not mandatory. If they don't like it, they can go home. 
sounds like something Frank Martin would say. If you don't that like is a Frank, it, yeah. you get out. Get out. So uh, this is where we, we've arrived. I guess you could say the uh, the overall review of these college basketball academies, not great. Thumbs down. Big, big fat thumbs down for the uh, college basketball academies. Uh, we should go to one of these next year. Oh, absolutely. We I was going to say, we, we need to talk to Coach Miles or Coach Lavin, whoever let us hang out. And then I, I got a great Q&A with Coach Lavin after the academies. And the first question they asked him, which great journalism here, what are your what exactly are your duties as commissioner? This is the first question he gets. And he goes, well, a lot of it is asking questions. <laughs> and like, again, I think everyone is just as confused as yeah. we are or the players are. Everyone like Steve Lavin's there and he's like, you know, I'm asking questions of the referees. Why are we here? Yeah. I'm asking questions of the players. Who told you to come? I'm going to be honest with you guys. They told me to just tweet about seven to ten times during this event and say everything's running smoothly and include some pictures and just say how great of an opportunity it was to be a part of this. Other than that, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be doing here. And the process was the players had to nominate themselves, right? They had to uh-huh. submit themselves. And I don't know about you, but most people I know that would say, I am a D1 player. I should submit myself. They might not be a D1 player sometimes. Right. You know what I mean? Like the bravado and the confidence you have at that age is something else. So if it's on you, the onus is on you to submit yourself to these camps and we're not getting the top guys because all of their people around them are saying, we're not doing that, do not submit yourself, then this is what it leads to. This is why th- I felt bad for all the players um, as I was reading all these Goodman tweets that you, you know the players saw all these. The, the, the players are online. They're going to they're gonna read this. They're going to hear – some of them probably listen to this podcast. Um, I felt bad for them because that was me. Like if this if this academy would have come out in 2005, I would have been at this academy, Tate. All the, all the coaches <laughs> shitting on the talent at this academy, they're like, yes. I mean, there's some guys that can kind of play, but they they all pretty much suck and I'm, they're not going to play. Do- <laughs> that would have been me. I would have been at this academy. I would have applied for myself because, again, I'm an idiot and I probably thought it was better than I actually was. I would have gone to the academy. I would have had a game where I scored like 20-something points. I would have been very excited that I was playing in front of coaches that were recruiting people, and I was like, holy shit, I just dropped 22 at this academy. Does this mean I'm going to get my D1 scholarship? And then I go online. And Dan Marley's sitting there, and he's like, no, no, you're not. (laughs) And then I go online, and I check Jeff Goodman's Twitter, and I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) So I feel bad for all all those players. I feel bad for those kids, too, because, I mean, it is a chance to, I guess, you know, show yourself. But then there was apparently some three-star, like, under-the-radar guys that were starting to get picked up. Like, Steam was getting picked up on their recruiting, and they were told by coaches that they would stop recruiting them if they did go to the academies because then they wouldn't have the inside track. And there was guys that pulled out that were supposed to go. I mean, there's just like, now we're dealing with the side, like all all the conversations now are, it's the same back channeling that we saw before, Mm -hmm. but now we just added another (laughs) event. And we're also spending $10 million. He's making money off of it. Yeah, $10 million. Like how much of the 10, like, do we really, where, 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 what? Yeah. How? Like how is $10 million going on all this? Wait, are they say are they spending the money? I don't know. So they're they making the money. They, well, both. Both. It's a it's money laundering, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Why don't they just give us nine million dollars? Back in my day, we called that a shell company. I will I will save the NCAA a million dollars. Give you and I nine million mm-hmm. and we will give you the best advice you can get, which is just stop these academies and go mm-hmm. back to the old way. Mm-hmm. Done. Boom. Yes. We solved the problem for cheaper than what you'll spend on the academies. Nostalgia works. <laughs> Just go back to the old <laughs> It's member berries. We'll just yeah, sit there and be like, yeah. oh, I remember 1982. Oh, man, that's so fun. Remember Shamanad? Oh, I remember Shamanad. We don't, we don't actually pitch any idea. We just say, do it like we used to do it. <laughs> that's, we just say that over and over. Like, what about the old way? Why Guys, don't we do it that way? I got three words. Run it back. <laughs> Condoleezza goes crazy. <laughs> and then goes on vacation straight to Turks and Caicos. 
That's what we're hoping for. Oh, man. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, so that, that was a tough time for the academies. Uh, it was a tough time for, I guess, recruitment. But also, LeBron James was in Las Vegas, and he was having a great time. So that's that's one thing to be proud of. Uh, is there anything else that we need to hit on these academies other than how long will they last? Because Steve Lavin said I think, I it's think not this, a quick fix. Here, here's what's going to happen. Uh, they're probably going to do it for the next few years at least. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of whether they get one success story. If there's one kid that gets picked up by some tiny-ass school, mm-hmm. plays well. Like a then, Dame Lillard goes to Weber State. Dame Lillard goes to Weber State, yeah. then gets drafted, mm-hmm. and then becomes an NBA, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 or what, whatever, like that. Has that trajectory, but he, it, he all got, it got noticed at the academy. He got noticed initially at the academy. Um, they will be pumping out that story nonstop. Or if John Moran, say this happened yes. a year ago, John Moran went to the academies and then, you know, ends up going to Murray State and then becomes who he is. Right. Everyone's like, oh my right. goodness. The but academies guess, found this kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you this to kid, the academy. This kid, this kid yes. That's so great. You get, dra- <laughs> you get drafted and you dap up Adam Silver and you just go, thank you to the academy. John Morant would not have made the NBA if not for the academy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and yeah, now it's to go on stage and say, thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner. <laughs> it's Tim Miles. It's Tim waving. Miles is waving. <laughs> Remember the pick and roll. Oh god damn it. Uh what else we got to talk about? Uh we got to talk about I mean these are all like shout outs pretty much at this at this point. These are the two main stories in basketball. Not even college I mean I guess the academies is college basketball, but it's basketball at large cuz it's a huge problem that's going all the way down to the NCAA. It's trickle down. Yeah. yeah exactly. Cuz the NBA started it by putting in the one and done rule and then and here it, we are. It fucked over college basketball. And yeah. That caused all the problems. There's no cheating in recruiting until the one and done rule is put in place. Everyone oh, knows that. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Uh, let's talk about cheating. And let's talk about a guy that uh, went on a friend of the program, John Rothstein's podcast. And that, of course, is Final Four coach Bruce Pearl. He is on the Rothstein podcast, of course, and says the worst is behind us in the NCAA investigation. Said, you know, a lot of stuff has happened. I want my players to be in a good position. I want my coaches to be in a good position. I'm sorry. Chuck person mm-hmm. for the position that you were in, but we're doing great now. Things things seem to be rolling forward. Again, NC State, the only school that's gotten in away right. so far. We're waiting for the other we're hammer to for, drop. We're waiting for early July to get here. So the uh... <laughs> Auburn is one of those schools that's, schools that's been discussed, especially going to the Final yeah. Four last year. But Bruce Pearl say, says this, the quote is out there, worse behind us. And he said, I know what I know. I know that we have a great staff here that is going to work mm-hmm. with the NCAA to figure this out. And I think we're going to be good. So that says even more about all this because, again, you can be implicated at any level, and we're going to pick our fall guys. Yeah. Bad guys will rise to the top, and we will continue and live this life. So Bruce Pearl seems to be good. It pays to cheat. It will always pay to cheat. Bruce Pearl could get caught. Like The, the NCAA can drop the hammer on Auburn. Um, Bruce Pearl will probably find a way to weasel out of it again. Auburn will get punished for, what three? let's say, three years. They get put on probation. They lose scholarships, whatever, whatever. Three years from now, some they'll their their the profile of their basketball program has risen so high by going to the Final Four, by building that new arena. The fans care more about basketball now than they ever have. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, when all the dust settles, they will have enough money to get like a big name coach. They'll hire a big name coach, and away we go, and everything's fine like it was. It always always pays to cheat. It's the Louisville. It's what Louisville <laughs> it's went through. T- with it's the what Jurich and Patino Jurich, said. Yeah. They were sitting in the room. They always will pay to cheat. They're like, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna figure this out. I also want to bring up, uh, you know, in this in this uh, podcast, Pearl keeps going. He goes, you know, Book Richardson is in jail right now. So that you know that puts it mm. in perspective there, and goes, and that's just for all of us in the coaching profession. It's sad, mm-hmm. and it is sad for us in the podcasting profession. It is sad because we we're not really sure if that was the right play. As far because we it's a larger problem. Right. We went very specific with a lot of this, and then he goes into Coach Person, 
colleague, friend, someone I worked with for a few years. I'm glad he didn't have to go to jail about this. I mean, so the, the, the quotes are out there. He's opening up Bruce Pearl to the world. And it also comes back to, it is sad at some level because it's not necessarily fair. It's not really a one-to-one that some guys are going to take the fall. Other yeah. guys are not going to take the fall. And really, it's just trying to be as you know I'm, open as possible. And I say that with air quotes. I'm a little worried how brazen Bruce Pearl is right here, though, because it feels like he seems to think that because Book Richardson went to prison and Chuck Person did not, that means Auburn is in the clear. <laughs> and that is not the case. But um, but they probably will be. I think everyone's going to be in the clear. I, 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 I'm, again— I really, I really am just starting to think that uh, North Carolina State's going to be the only, the only school that gets in trouble for anything. Pack five. Uh, we should say also he did point out that they already took some strong penalties that we don't know about. He said we mm-hmm. have some real strong penalties. You said trust me. Trust me. They, trust have, me. they <laughs> haven't been made public. At some point they will be. So that's something to see. And then he then he goes on to point out that they sat guys when they didn't necessarily have to sit mm-hmm. guys. Purifoy uh, was one of those guys. He I made my up. guys run a lot. In fact, I even <laughs> ran sprints with them because I felt like I should punish myself. We ran a lot of sprints. Uh, but also we did, we didn't even do anything wrong though. That's the other thing, but we also That's, punished them, mm. but we, we didn't even do anything wrong. But if we did do something, if I did it, here's how. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, he's, he's taking the OJ defense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's out there looking for the, he's out there looking for the real bag dropper, Tate. That's what Bruce Pearl said. Yeah, I will the, not rest. Yeah, if the until bag I does find, not fit, you must have quit. <laughs> I will yeah, not, not rest until I find who really did drop the bag. Meanwhile, uh, did you see DePaul got put on probation for three years? Dave Lado. Uh, what what was the story there? Like the the director of ops was like living with a recruit or something well, to they, try to get him eligible. And we had all the the drama before with Dave Leto with the with the, yeah. the assistant coach and all that sort uh-huh. of stuff when they were first implicated and there was some threats made, you know, back at him yes. with Leto. So there was like a whole big backdrop, and then all I, this stuff kind of comes on the other side of that. I love I love that DePaul got probation for two reasons. One, it was the Jerry Tarkaning quote classic. We got yes. a lot of that. Shout out to everyone who tweeted that at me. Um, never gets old. When, when people bust that the, the old Jerry T quote out um, but then also uh, that that DePaul had to vacate wins and everyone just roasting DePaul like I, I forget who it was I wish I could credit them I saw someone like wrote an article or had a tweet or something that said DePaul has to vacate all wins from these seasons and that won't take long <laughs> was oh joke nice no, that's good that's good <laughs> that part won't take long what will take long is like working through the pro- I don't know that was the joke and Dave Lato- I forget who said that damn I wish I could credit them I'm sorry if, if that was you I'm so sorry Tweet at me and I'll retweet you or something. That's the best I can do. I can give you a retweet. <laughs> well, Dave Leto's only going to miss three games. You know, it's not that yeah, bad. A three-game yeah. suspension isn't that bad. And Suspended? Also, Doug, yeah. kick him off the tour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what else we got to talk about before we get out of here? I have to bring up uh, Chase Budinger, or Budinger. I always was confused about mm-hmm. that when he was at Arizona. I guess we should say the original Nico Mannion, mm-hmm. uh, when he went to Arizona— he was a star. Everyone loved Tom Chase. Tom Coverdale was the original Chase Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're just going to keep working back. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Brofloski was the original Nico Mannion. Uh, yeah, so the, he, uh, Steve Nash, who is uh, not, quite everywhere. A, not, not quite a friend of the program, but, you know, tangentially close enough, lives in Manhattan Beach, always been super nice if I ever ran into him or when he was on oh, Bill's Oh, pod. look yeah. at you, name dropping. Yeah. Steve Nash, Did you deliver posters to his house too or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, probably going to get him a Chase poster at this point. <laughs> Chase Buttinger goes out uh, and wins the uh, professional beach volleyball championship. The AVP. The AVP. Which I had I triple checked to make sure it wasn't the porn awards. Th- those are the AVNs, I Ooh, believe. Okay. Yeah, very, very dicey when I saw that. I was like, Chase Bunger won what now? 
It's AVP. It's a different thing. For his okay. beach scenes, yes. yes. Uh, he's got full bleach blonde hair now because he's been out in the sun playing volleyball mm-hmm. so much. He just he looks like a star. He wins this. He's celebrating. Steve Nash points out, this is one of the greatest, you know, two-sport athletes we've had. You know what I mean? This is something we yeah. need to recognize, and I just thought on this podcast we should point it we out. We should point it out. It's pretty awesome. It's 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 fantastic. That, that man seems to be living a great life. Um, I, think, I think this is proof positive for uh, people that make a big stink about guys that uh, leave the NBA and and – you know, this this isn't this isn't commentary on Jeremy Lin. I don't mean I, the timing is is very oh, yes. straight. I, this has nothing to do with Jeremy Lin. I just mean in general, when guys get forced out of the NBA or leave the NBA or something happens and they're out of the NBA, uh, I as a basketball fan want to pity them or feel bad for them or like, man, that sucks for that guy that like he. I, I'm sure his life sucks now that he's not in the league. Like that seems like the best life. Chase Budinger is a great example that uh, they're doing just fine. Like mm-hmm. he he's he's just fine that his his basketball career probably didn't go like he had a great not a great NBA career he had an NBA career a legitimate NBA career he was a good player I don't know I don't know how I mean playing was. in the NBA says yeah enough. he he yes. had he was a, a an established veteran he pre, he proved that he belonged in the NBA if but, Chase um, was at an academy camp yes he would have <laughs> yes, been there we go. unbelievable but uh, my point is is that it, he probably didn't have the NBA career he dreamed of when he was in high school. But that doesn't mean we have to feel bad for the guy. He's living life. He's he's out there doing it, and and that's awesome. And he that's may great. have hit rock bottom at one point in basketball, right. but he climbed the mountain again in beach volleyball. Although I am confused, my one of my best friends in 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 the world, a kid I went to elementary school with, uh, Keller. For those that have been following my shit for a while, um, he, he's an ancillary character in my life. Mm-hmm. He's my he's my Joe House, so to speak. He is the um, dildo baggins. He's, he's like the original of sports yeah. blogging. Um. He he is also a redhead. He's he's what we call a ginger. Uh, he he fit. He has the same complexion. He also went to Arizona. Coincidentally enough, mm. I wonder what what is it about Arizona and the redhead guys. Mm. He went to Arizona. Um, we're we're getting ready to go on this fishing trip. I I said I was going on vacation. Uh, yes. coming up in August, right? We're going on this road trip where we're going to go fishing across California and go hiking and all this stuff. This man has spent upwards of five hundred dollars. I shit you not on clothes to wear in the sun while we're on a boat <laughs> fishing because he's so terrified of the sun. He's, he's sending me stuff. He's like, it's something to think about, man. And he's, he's sending me these like th- hooded sweatshirts that are like really thin that aren't just basically, he, this is his entire life. We well, they're, the, they're the sunscreen shirts. They're like right, 50 yeah. SPF. Yes. Yeah. We go to the Indy 500. He pulls out like paint. He puts paint on his mm-hmm. shoulders because he's, he's allergic <laughs> to the sun. Excuse me, Keller. Is that tar yeah. that you're putting on your body? He's like, <laughs> SPF yes. Keller is yes. what we call it. Um, so I'm very confused. At, at, that is how my my friend lives his life. He's horrified of the sun. He cannot be outside for more than ten minutes at a time. Meanwhile, Chase Budinger is making a living doing nothing but being out in the sun. But and, he has uh, blonde hair now. So how does that work? Like no, what 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 kind of the sun changed his whole yeah. complexion? It's a, it's pretty incredible. If you haven't seen the picture, go check it out. It's got the M frame Oakley zone looking like yeah. Pudge Rodriguez back Good in the for day, him, man. Yeah, no, it's great. Let's talk about another guy who's a superstar. That we're going to see if he's going to paint out Zion Williamson, the number Ooh. one pick in the draft. Uh, there was a report, David Griffin, the GM now of the Pelicans, comes out and says, Zion Williamson is not done growing yet. Which say way? It, say it. Which there way? We, go. we don't know. There we don't we know. Go. We don't know. But that was big news. He meets Drew Brees. He comes up. Drew Brees comes to practice. Super suave, super cool, like you'd expect from Drew Brees. Daps him up, has this whole moment. And and I saw the video. I was like, oh, Zion's looking pretty tall. And then I saw the report, Zion's not done growing. And then, again, he's at Saints camp today, and he's with Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes is a lot taller than Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, 6'9", 6'10". Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, so the Zion story continues. There's a lot of intrigue as to— the, But I, more more what it's about is, like, why are we prefacing all this sort of stuff? Why are we getting ahead of the story? Like, what 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 is the motivation for David Griffin to put out there that Zion Williamson is going to get taller? 
And one little you know rumor I've seen is a lot of people that have seen Zion in real life, like I heard some summer league people say this, nah, not as big not as I thought he was. Not as tall as I thought he was. I could take him. And people, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that is sort of like a little underlying, you know, yeah. thing that's going on. It's like, well, he actually is three inches shorter than Julius Randle. You know, people mm. that all, so David Griffin gets ahead of the story and goes out. So now Zion watches in full on force and it's, how many we I need the chart like you know when you're a kid and then you get Mark and you see how much taller yeah the door get. frame yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we need that with Zion I need to see how much he is growing what he is what is he right now officially mm-hmm. and and we'll see if he is going to grow because that's uh, and, and his waist as well yeah let's the intrigue a, is there let's get a let's get a tape measure around that bad boy <laughs> well, let's, let's just figure it out let's let's get it out there if you're going to point it out let's talk about it uh you know what I want to see is a video of Zion Williamson playing basketball this summer um in this era of of guys on instagram tweeting out there uh you know anytime they're at the gym we're hearing about it we're seeing the videos of it granted it might be out there i don't know i'm not seeing i i want to see a video of is he working out at all is he doing any cardio i'll take i'll take an underwater treadmill at this point can we get a video of him doing an underwater treadmill because I don't think he all, all I ever see is him just walking around, sitting on the bed. He's going to the Saints practices, all that kind of stuff. Sitting or on the tweeting bench out, like, just signed a big deal with 2K. Yeah. Can't wait to join the 2K family. Mm-hmm. Signed a 10-year, $750 million deal. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, what? Well, I saw it yesterday. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, we got the Jordan thing going he's on. He's guaranteed $95 million right now <laughs> before ever playing a game. In the NBA, like if he if he got his legs amputated, he would get paid ninety five million dollars. Michael so. Porter Jr. needs to call it's, Zion yeah, tonight and say, "Look, man, just sit it That's out." That's what I'm saying, dude. This is this he has some serious potential. Zion has the potential to be a real pioneer here and never play a game of basketball and retire in ten years with two hundred fifty million dollars in the bank. And then go win and a the, beach volleyball go, championship. Yes, yes, go play beach volleyball with Chase. You'd be good as shit beach volleyball, dude. It he? turns out Zion Williamson has bought the entire Malibu coastline. <laughs> And he has his own courts. <laughs> Everyone's like, remember that year at Duke? He was amazing. <laughs> but this is this goes back, though, like when he blew out his shoe and everyone was losing their mind saying he should sit out. Hmm. This was the point that I made that, like, he, he should not sit. I mean, he can do what he wants, but, like, if he plays, if he plays and he breaks his leg in half and never plays basketball again, the dude is still going to be rich as shit. Like, he's always... People are always going to be fascinated with Zion Williamson, no matter what happens the rest of his life from here. He's always going to be able to make a ton of money that if he never, ever plays basketball, he will always be able to talk about that one year at Duke. And do you guys see that mixtape I had? And all that, just like the whole mystique around him is so big that he'll always be able to make money. So um, I don't know. The fact that he's making $95 million and he doesn't even have to play a game if he doesn't want to is hilarious. It's, it's so perfect. It's just so intriguing to think that they're doing the PR work on the front end with the Pelicans already with Zion, trying to sell the Zion story when it doesn't need to be sold, which is exactly what it mm-hmm. is. I have a couple more notes we're going to get to. We'll get the hell out of here. Uh, the the next great rivalry in college basketball mm. is officially dead, Tate. Um, <laughs> TCU released their non-conference schedule, and SMU was not on it. Uh, for those who are new to the program, going into, going into this past season— my brother lived down in Dallas for a year, and I went down and visited him, and I went to the campuses of TCU and SMU, and I was blown away at how much money basically there is. And they're, they're private schools. They're in semi-big conferences, if you want to call the American a big conference. I just felt like and they're pretty close to each other. I felt like this is an opportunity to be like a real rivalry here if they start dropping bags like they should. Um, and SMU is a program that you yeah. know, Matt Darty was there, Larry Brown's there. A lot of they're people not, I, I know are at – They're you know, okay with yeah, dropping yeah, bags, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so I was like, damn, this could be something. TCU's on the rise with Jamie Dixon. SMU has got their history. This would be awesome. So going into last year, we said we were going to turn this into rivalry if it if it's the last thing we do. We went to the game at SMU. Mm-hmm. TCU won. I became a TCU fan. That's what we decided the trophy would be. It would be my fandom. 
Um, we were doing everything we could, Tate. This is our fire fest. We, 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 we build this, this fire fest as something sure. so much more than it was. And then, and now it's dead and now they're not even playing each other. And it's like, it's like we, we squeezed too hard. Like yeah. we loved too hard. They handed it to us. We, they handed the baby to us. We gave it a big bear hug and we suffocated it. Yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah, and someone <laughs> walked up and said, never give the child to those two again. My goodness. And it's dead. And on top of that, Kendrick Davis, who was at, TCU transferred to SMU, which was the first red flag. That happened at the end of the season. He said, I'm leaving TCU and I'm going to SMU. And I thought, not a great look for the rivalry if you're mm-hmm. just hopping back and forth. That's an Andrew Dockage move, Michigan-Ohio State, right? Um, that, that doesn't look good, but we can survive that. Because like I said, Andrew Dockage did it, and, and the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry would be okay. It, it, we can survive this. It still exists, this. yes. But then uh, they're not playing each other. So that, <laughs> that one's a little harder to— <laughs> So we'll pour one out for SMU-TCU. No, no, we can spin it this way. Louisville and Kentucky didn't play each other because they hated each other so much, Oh, right? it's too much hate. It's too much hate. It's too we much hate, passion. We, yeah. we hate each other so much. You just can't be in the building. Yes. People can't handle it. Yes, the rivalry's back on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just too much hate. Uh, so, anyway, pour one out for for the, the next great rivalry in college basketball. It's like it's like Dippin' Dots, you know? It's the Dippin' Dots is the ice cream of the future. I feel like this rivalry is going to be the the rivalry of the future. Dippin' Dots has been the ice cream of the future for 35 years. That's what SMUTC is going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about this in 25 years. Like, man, any day now. Any day now. <laughs> I was trying to just remember the score of the game from last year, and I'm blanking. So that says a lot about— It was a really about, bad yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really ugly game. Yeah, but the game Plus before the game. when we played— And then, like, everybody's solid. transferred away. Like, Jimmy Witt transferred back to Arkansas Jaylen from Fisher. Jalen Fisher transferred yeah. to Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Went to the Bagwan. Yes, <laughs> the great bag one. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, my final thought. Well, you brought this up last week when we had Jalen Brunson on the show. And Jalen Brunson was great, but you brought up your idea about having the dating site that has the streaming the services. Swiping, yeah. So Miles Just, Bridges, uh, a, a great Charlotte Hornet. Everyone loves him. Uh, he had a Hulu password from his boy from college, Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. And he is on Twitter and he's like, yo, Jaron, what's the password? Basically, yes. I need to get into Hulu. I'm trying to watch these shows. Jaron responds, don't have Hulu anymore, just Netflix. It's a great idea. People are upset. They, they were both upset at right. this point. People responded trying to give their Hulu logins and then also trying to get some sort of like compensation on the back end. And then you're like, what's the problem with college basketball? This, <laughs> yes. this, this, yes. is, this is it right here. Random people already asking for favors back just for giving a password. Uh, but yeah, so your thing, it's all Miles, working out. Miles, Miles and Jaron. Give me a call. We can we can solve this. We can work on this. Invest, we can figure this invest out. In, we need a name for the app, but uh, it's a great idea for an app. We can do it. Speaking of Jalen Brunson, he got, he got added to the, uh, the select team. I don't, oh, yes. I don't know what that means, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw the Mavericks tweeted out. I got excited about that. He got the OSB bump. Uh, you know, Duncan Duncan comes on at summer league. Mm-hmm. Less than a week later, becomes a millionaire, gets his guaranteed million contract from the from the Heat. Jalen comes on summer. Jalen comes on OSB, and then a couple days later, gets on the select team. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that comes means with people a are listening. Well, but, so if yeah, that be the that? case, LeBron, we love you. <laughs> be the dad uh, that you want to be. Two more things before we get out of here. Marcus Bagley committed to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger brother Marvin Bagley, so Bobby Bags is getting it done in Tempe. Um, he he, they're they're from Arizona though, right? Yes. So that's he can always play that card. There's nothing nothing sketchy. What we've learned is that you kid. can always be from where you claim you want to be from. Because yeah. like when he went to, when Marvin Bagley went to Duke, it was like, well, his dad's from Durham. Dude, they're, they're, they're from Durham. I do it. I I, I literally going to go to USC. He's like they're at LA family. He's going to go to USC. I met this. I was at a bar on Sunday and I met this this guy and he asked where I was from and I said Ohio and I started talking to him about being from Ohio or whatever. And then this couple was sitting next to me and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to 
butt in, but I heard you're from Ohio. We're from in Ohio. We're from Indiana, and we have family in Ohio. And I, I turned to him, and I was like, well, actually, I'm from Indiana. <laughs> the guy's like, what? How can you be from both? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm also from L.A. now, I guess. So All you got to do I'm is say, everywhere. I'm an actor, yeah. and I lie for a living. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, and then I wanted to give a shout-out to Kyle Guy, friend of the program as mm. well. Um, got married. Got married in Hawaii. It happened. We covered his engagement ex- extensively last summer. Um, and then he wanted, like, has there been a better run? This guy wins the national championship, wins most outstanding player, gets married. He is, uh, he's going to make the Kings roster. I believe it. Mm-hmm. I feel it. I'm mm-hmm. getting a jersey. I'm getting a Kyle Guy, number seven, Sacramento Kings jersey. It's all going to happen. That's it. Final note, uh, Tom Crean, speaking of Maui, Maui Invitational, Tom Crean, already tweeting about Georgia basketball on the way to Maui. They're already getting pumped, selling tickets. That's They're getting a, it out there. So, Coach is, Crean, we're on, your, we're on your side. If Tom Crean wins Maui, I think he might take the rest of the year off. Yeah. I think that'd be it. Well deserved. Yeah, and Anthony Edwards definitely going to sit out the rest of the year. He's (laughs) like, give me the $100 million, I'm out. That's it. Uh, Oh, I had this note down. I I wanted to shout out the, uh, shout out to all the strength coaches out there. I'm noticing, Tate, we're starting to get the uh, the off-season progress picks. I saw Maryland tweeted one out Mm -hmm. uh, where all their guys are shirtless in the, the weight room. They're all flexing and it's like, it's Maryland basically saying, yeah, our guys lift weights. What are yeah. you going to do about Flex it? Flex Friday. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? We lift mm-hmm. weights and work out. Suck on that bitch. And it's like, damn, dude. No other programs are lifting weights. But then Indiana chimes back. And Indiana tweeted like a uh, 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 Joey Brunk, the guy from Butler, the mm-hmm. transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cliff Marshall is, uh, is their strength coach. So they, they, they show Cliff Marshall handing the belt to Joey Brunk. And he's like, best guy in the weight room this summer. I should say, I'm just, we don't have much time. We got to get out of the studio. We're, 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 uh, we're getting kicked out here. But um. I should say that Indiana's thing, so Purdue's thing is tweeting the Big Ten stat of the day where they say we're one of three programs to, we, mm-hmm. we, we know the Purdue thing at this point. Indiana, Cliff Marshall uh, seems to be very egregious with the, uh, w- we saw this in years past where like guys are losing like 37 pounds of fat and like he got his body fat down to 0.0002%, all that kind of stuff. This 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 Joey Brunk thing wasn't particularly egregious, but uh, I just have my eye on that. I'm very excited for Cliff Marshall season coming up here in the next month or so, where he's just like, you're, the Indiana basketball account's gonna be tw- tweeting out all the stats of guys that have like before and after pictures, and the lighting is completely different, and it's obviously photoshopped. Um, that's the Indiana basketball move. If I ran the big three, I would start taking pictures of our guys with our shirts off and just be like, this is real basketball. Yeah. This is where we are. We don't need to get in shape. Josh um, Smith, dunk it down. That's the show. Thank you for listening. Uh, as a reminder, two weeks from today, August 13th, mm-hmm. we are going to be releasing our our Rewatchables podcast uh, uh, on this feed. You don't have to go subscribe to anything else. It'll, it'll be on this feed. Uh, it'll just be in place of this normal show. So instead of talking about LeBron for 45 minutes, we will just release a, a show. It is the 2005 Elite Eight game between Arizona and Illinois. If you have not watched the game, I won't spoil it. <laughs> I won't tell you who won. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a good one. We will be talking about that in two weeks. You have two weeks, though, so it's not next week. We'll do a normal show next week, but you have two weeks. I'm just giving you plenty of time to, to watch it. And you can just look up the highlights. It. I mean, it, yeah. it's worth it for the end of the game, for the run, for yeah. the final run. So that's it. We will see you guys next week. Bye.